comic book pit. Okay. Welcome back to the Comic Book Pit Podcast. My name is Dan, and with me, uh, not uh, in person, but in in uh, internet spirit, we've got Jared. Hello. Kate. Hi. And Link. Hey, everybody. And this is the Comic Book Pit Podcast, uh, where the um, we talk about comic books, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> if this is your first time listening... Uh, Make sure you wash your hands. And <laughs> uh, so uh, we we usually do a comic book review show and a comic book or pop culture conversation show. Our last episode had to do with the uh, the current uh, coronavirus and how it was affecting uh, cons and pop culture in general. Uh, so if you're interested in that and it doesn't depress you. By all means, go back and check it out. <laughs> but if you're here for comics uh, and just some fun talk, welcome. Uh, I think we've got a pretty decent amount of books to talk about this week. Yeah. So um, I would say probably that one of the most uh, anticipated ones, and I guess it's one that Jared and I both read, was that uh, Strange Adventures. Correct. Number one by uh, Tom King. Well, the the Mr. Miracle team of Tom King and Mitch Jarrods, plus the added art of uh, Doc Shaner, which is, uh, I mean, anytime Doc Shaner does something, I mean, is is a is a treat. But to throw him in with uh, this mix of Tom King and Mitch Jarrods, it was a really interesting uh, recipe. It it's um, I agree in the way that they're alternating their art duties. Um, just adds to the story. So it, I didn't know that's how you say Is it Mitch Jarrods or what does it say Mitch Jarrods for Kiwi Consistent? Yeah, Jarrods, Garrods. I, I, I've heard it both ways. I think it's one of those yeah. names that, yeah, we we don't, we well, don't know. I know all about from. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. So, I mean, the, yes. Yeah. The, so the story is told like in, there's like a present day component and then a flashback component. And Mitch Jarrods does the present day components. And then Doc Shaner's doing the flashback components. And sometimes all on the same page. Mm-hmm. So, and it's their styles are uniquely their own, but yet it, it, it's not like a jarring transition when it goes back and forth. No, it's it's it. I, I found it to be like they really, like you said, the very different art styles, but that somehow they complemented each other. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 really very clever. Whoever. Decided to, to go this route and set up this pairing and, and make this approach because it it does work. It works very well. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think one of the reasons it works is because they both draw at least the one constant that they both draw is Adam Strange. And yeah, and he's a very kind of iconic looking character, no matter what style you draw him in. So I think that helps bridge the you know bridge these two styles. It's a good. It's a good point. I um, yeah, I found that this was a really interesting issue, and I I actually read it, I think two or three times. Uh, the the second time I read it was just because I fell asleep during the first time I read it. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the uh the, the risk of reading comics, you know, in bed right before you go to sleep. Okay. Uh, sometimes you fall asleep. Not a through. not a commentary on the book itself. No, not a commentary on the book itself. It's a commentary on old age. And reading <laughs> reading comics when you're comfy um, in bed, but uh, after I read it a second time, I I enjoyed it so much I went back and read it a third time because I it really is a a book with uh, different different things to say. It's it's you know it, it's it's um you know we see Adam Strange who he's on this book tour. I guess he he's now a at least in this. This is this was a black label book, right, Jared? 
It is a black label book. Okay. So in at least in this particular story, Adam Strange is a public figure. People know about his adventures on the planet Ran as he's beamed back and forth with, with the Zeta beam and how he's a like a hero and a liberator on the planet ran and on earth he's he was what an archaeologist is that i think so yes yes, um and so he's embarking on this book tour and he's a public figure and so you're you're getting you know a, a, a peek into that and how he interacts with the public and the public's perception of him and then how he is with his wife behind closed doors um and, and, and what looks like just, uh, which I thought this was kind of neat, I think they're just always in different hotel rooms as they're on their tour. Yeah, they're on their tour, yes. Because he's almost always laying in bed. And right. she's, she's in that uncomfortable hotel chair that's always in the corner of your hotel room. <laughs> uh, and But then there's also a, a murder mystery component to this. And the question of whether or not uh, Adam Strange is a war criminal, and what you know, his you know how his actions on Rand were to be perceived. So, I feel like there was they they set up a lot in this first issue, and and I I didn't feel like oh my god I want all the answers right now. I mean I, I think this is going to be a great slow burn, which is what Tom King kind of excels at with mm-hmm. these these kind of um. B and C list characters, like how he did this with the Vision and, and Mister Miracle, we're getting it again with Adam Strange. Couldn't have said it better myself, Dan. Oh. I don't think I could have said it half as good as that. So, um, <laughs> I, I fully agree. You know, and there's and there's even like the like what happened to their daughter is like a, a mystery. Yes. Yeah. I well, I mean, I mean something happened, but we don't know what. Um, the thing that kind of kind of wigs me out is that, uh, and I didn't notice this until actually the third time I read it was, there's a family picture of the three of them, and it looks like it's like splattered with blood. Yes, yes. So that does not bode well. No, no. the The implication is that she didn't make it out of whatever happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it's got a lot of a lot of layers, and it, it's very well crafted. And it was a very good setup issue to help us establish everybody who mm-hmm. the players are, and and it's always cool when Batman shows up. Yes, it's, it's, uh, and then uh, the introduction of uh, Mister Terrific as well, mm-hmm. just using the the deep cut characters. The and it's a good whodunit type story. Yeah, and, be. Oh. And, and you know, I always forget kind of forget about Mr. Terrific in that he is he's like one of the top ten smartest guys in the DC universe. Yeah, yep. And we very rarely see him, at least currently, in that role. Like, I kind of forgot that his book was still going. The the Terrifics? The Terrifics, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those books I always see. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) No, it's still there. Yeah, I think I read the first one or two issues of it, and I thought it was okay, but... I think I, I didn't really it didn't really grab me because I think it was it, it's it was it came out of metal right yeah and it yes. was also part of like another line of books that they were pushing yeah so it, it, it yeah it was one of those books that I just kind of it just fell by the wayside but um, but the character in general I think he's he's just one of those overlooked characters mm-hmm. that, you know we we forget that he is probably just a little like second to Batman as far as you know or equal to Batman I mean yeah the fact that Batman recommended him to, yeah, yeah. to, to do this investigation that kind of speaks volumes and I, and I, 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 I really actually liked Batman's like the reason why he did it because you know you, you, this is side of Batman you never see but he said I mean, he didn't. You don't actually see him say this, but Adam is explaining it later to his wife that he said that. Well, 
he basically said, well, Batman and I are kind of friends, and Batman doesn't feel like, like, he feels like he needs someone to be objective about this. Right, right, Batman thought he was too close to, this is that uh, murder of, uh, there's a scene where there's a protester at one of his book signings, Mm -hmm. Adam Strange's book signings, who later is found murdered by what appears to be a ray gun. Yep. And so that's why Adam Strange, to prove his innocence, first uh, elicits the help of Batman, Jabrim just says, investigate me, I have nothing to hide. But Batman says that he's too close to it. Mm-hmm. And so that's when he refers it to Mr. Terrific. Yeah, and I, I, I thought just the just the brief appearance of his arm, of Mr. Terrific's arm or his jacket mm-hmm. was just brilliant because yeah. as soon as you see that, you're like, oh my god, it's Mr. Terrific. Like, yeah. that's yeah. literally all you need to see to know who it is. That- that silly fair play jacket. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair play, whatever. <laughs> no, so it'd be a, it looks to be a lot of fun. It'll mm-hmm. be worth it. Yeah, I think it's going to be another one that Tom King and company probably uh, knocks out of the park. I was going to say, so it, I was worried. I didn't pick it up because I was I was worried it was going to, um, you know, uh, get a little burnt out on Tom King. But it 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 seems to not be that. It seems to be a little. Yeah, I would uh, say it, it, it harkens back more to his, the, to the Vision and Mister Miracle Tom King than it is like the Batman. Batman. Tom King. Yeah. Okay. So, because obviously, like we've talked ad nauseum on this show about Tom King and like Batman yes. and stuff, and and my my feelings are well known <laughs> about you know Batman yeah. and uh and, and I haven't really I'm, read those, so I can't speak to those. Yeah. So I always feel like I'm on the fence about Tom King, but this is, I would definitely fall on the Tom King side of the fence with this book. Okay. Awesome. Or the, the positive side of the fence, I should say. And it's going to be a 12 issue series. Yes. Mm. Okay. Mm. Uh, There's a, Dan, there's the one, there's a page in here where it's at the book tour signings. And there's a guy holding uh, the other two books <laughs> that, that uh, King and Gerard's drawn together. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Miracle and Sheriff of Babylon. Yes, yeah, Sheriff of Babylon. I couldn't remember that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I did notice that that was that was kind of a a slick uh, nod to their yeah. or, or a, a, yeah. a you know a very slick plug for their other work. Yeah. Um. So, uh, who would like to go next? Uh, I'm going to go since I'm wrangling with a cat, okay. and I might have to vanish afterwards to <laughs> lock said cat up Uh-oh. and then keep him company, because otherwise he will scream. <laughs> um, <laughs> cats can be high maintenance, apparently. <laughs> so the one book I wanted to talk about is Mercy, and it's an image book, Uh it's very macabre looking and it's definitely macabre in nature. The first page has guns and blood and weird things everywhere. So yeah. Uh, Link also wanted to talk about it, um, but it's from Marca and Dolfo. Uh, and just based on what's actually in a little bit of the back matter. Uh, it gives a little bit of information on it, but uh, it is from an Italian creator. Hmm. So, okay, it's very cool. It's very macabre. The art's really pretty. What? Uh, what? What's the plot about? I mean, face value, the plot appears to be about a town that some weird thing is going on. And then two people that clearly have something supernatural about them come in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's it's sort of, it's like an HP Lovecraft kind of vibe to it, I think, is fair to say. Yeah. I'm looking at the cover of number one, it's beautiful looking. It's so beautiful. Yeah, that's what that's what drew me to it. It was the art and then I was, and then there was a there's I can't just flip to this page or some like creepy monster shit. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is like in our our wheelhouse of, of interest. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, a, like a period piece too. 
So it's got that yes, kind of... Yes, it's, it's Victorian. Yeah, Victorian gothic horror, okay. H.P. Lovecraft combination. Um, Which speaks to all of my favorite things. Yeah. But it's is a really cool book. And the book's told through the perspective of, like, a young girl who's sort of, like, might have connections to the supernatural element in some way. Um, but she's, like, a little little orphan kid working in, like, a factory, basically. Yep. There's, like, a, you know, sweatshop... <laughs> kind of vibe. You know, how they did things yeah. back in the day. Yep. Child labor's bad, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and and she and, and uh so she did every uh all, uh she did she did the writing and the art? Yeah, it looks like that. Yep. I don't know if she also did the coloring, but I mean She's the only name on the book. She's the only name listed on the book at mm. all except for the model f- for the one picture in the very beginning yeah i'm i'm i I just we we actually got a preview copy of it i'm looking at it right now there Uh, are a few more people there's a color assistant whatever that means mm -hmm. uh and then lettering Uh, but it does actually look like these are uh, all she's the writer artist and colorist (laughs) definitely yeah color assistant gianluca papi yep and lettering fabio amelia yep but yeah, it was it was one of those books I bought on a whim, and I I, I think it paid off. Mm-hmm. I think we're I'm definitely interested to see where this is going. Yeah, I re- I'm I'm flipping through the pages. It really I really like the uh, the style. I I think I'm gonna have to give this a read. Yes, if any of that stuff speaks to anything in anyone's wheelhouse. It's definitely uh, good so far. Is Very it, promising. Yeah. Is you know is it meant to be an ongoing or just limited or do you not know you know, it doesn't say on the cover, so I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it's some kind of an ongoing of some kind. But since it's a one a one person show, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I imagine that's hard to keep up with on a monthly basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So it might have a more sporadic, you know, release date schedule after the initial um run, or it might just be a limited series because it is a one person show. Mm-hmm. It's easier to just do that all at once, and then you know. Either way, I want more of it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I said, it looks uh, looks like a, it's a it's a pretty book. I'm definitely gonna check it out. I mean, just from the cover, I kind of get like Penny Dreadful vibes, which is like also very like Victorian oh, yeah. Gothic. And then I can just start talking about the other book I was going to talk about, unless oh, yeah. you had something else uh, about Mercy Dan or Link. No, no, you can't. no. Go ahead. Um, so the other book is actually an all ages book. Um, so it's Zatanna and the House of Secrets. And it's just a small uh, trade paperback graphic novel, and it was one of the presents that Link got for me for Valentine's Day. Yep. Aww. So uh, he picked it up, actually, because, I mean, Zatanna's cool and everything, but the art style is really adorable. And, of course, no one at home, unless they Google it, gets to see that. So maybe I'll have to post a few screenshots on our page. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's written by Matthew Cody, and then the art is by Yoshi Yoshitani. Um, and it's definitely a fun, like, when I say all ages, it literally says in the back, it's part of, like, DC's graphic novel for kids. Mm-hmm. And it's just a take on Zatanna, uh, with her stage magician father living in the House of Secrets, and it's kind of Zatanna figuring out about the House of Secrets and magic. And it has guest appearance by, unless it's a spoiler. Oh, it's not a spoiler. Um, so yeah, uh, Clarion and Teakle are in it. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, so the, speaking of deep cuts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Clarion the Witch Boy. Um, but, I mean, it's definitely adult-friendly if you like the subject matter and kid-friendly. So, for anyone out there that is looking for anything that spans both of those, mm-hmm. think, or just, like, reading about Satana. Yeah, I think DC's been hitting out of the park with a lot of their, like, uh, straight-to-paperback, all-ages kind of demographic stuff, mm-hmm. or teens, or just any of that. I always see them on the shelves, um... I'm probably going to end up buying or reading half of them just because they're interesting looking. <laughs> yeah. And they're different, short, quick reads. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's just, it's a really pretty book. And it's actually a pretty quick read, which 
I don't know, for me is important when I don't have a lot of time to actually sit down and read anything these days. Mm-hmm. Is, is this part of that line? I, I think I've been seeing a lot of these like, uh, yeah. like young adult kind of one-shot graphic novels come out. Like they did a, what, like a, a Batman and a, a Catwoman or like a, was it a Batgirl? Yeah. Yeah, there's a Catwoman one, there's like an Oracle one that they did, and then there's a Cassandra Cain Batgirl one that they did. Oh, right. So, yeah, they're like hitting like everything. I think we I think we bought Black Canary as well. Yes. Yeah, so there's they're, like every month there's like one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that, that, that Swamp Thing that was done by the Diary of a... Uh, uh, what? Diary of a Scrawny Kid? Oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they did like some the artist or the creator of that did like a Swamp Thing book. So they're they're kind of hitting like everything all over the place, and it's not just Catwoman, Batman, Superman, but like okay. you know, obscure characters too, mm-hmm. or not even obscure, but like you know C C list characters right. are getting some time to shine. Cat's very vocal right now. He's he also <laughs> is. Oh, I hear him. <laughs> Oh, kitty! All right. Uh, so, is that was that all you guys had with with the? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's all. That's all, Kate Scott. I mean, if you, if we want to still round robin the rest of this, uh, if Jared wants to chime in on, sure, his- I can uh, pick up kind of where I left off the last episode, as far as Superman is concerned. Uh, last time I was on discussing comics, we uh, talked about the Superman Heroes book. Um, and uh, this week I had the Superman Villains Companion book. And I am pleased to say this book uh, had a little bit more of a point than the Heroes book did. Oh, that's good. Book, that's good. Yeah, the Heroes book was kind of pointless, but the Villains book is a good jumping off point, setup point for like the next storylines to come. Mm-hmm. And it really does a fine job of reset. Resetting, I guess, is a fine word for it, the status quo. And just sort of introducing some new changes. Um, the first thing is right out the gate, the uh, mom, Paul, Ken are back. And it, it's Superman flying out to the, the Kent farm in Smallville, which um, evidently Batman has used his technology to take it off the grid, uh, much like the, the Bat Cave is secured like the same level of technology which he uh, which he mentioned in superman heroes yes which we so didn't it's really, alluded to there and then it's yeah. driven home here yeah because we didn't really understand that reference right in, in that issue but it, okay that makes sense now and i, I mean this I, okay so i say it's not pointless but it's also not without some trivial criticisms like this Mom, Paul, Kent story. Some of the the pacings are just a little weird. It's almost like it almost looks like a Marvel method style book where panels are drawn and then like there ought to be like dialogue in some of these panels, but they're played silent and it just feels the pacing feels a little clunky at times in this story. Um, it also sets up. That uh, storyline with uh, that Marisol Leon, who owns the Daily Planet now, and there's like Lois Lane kind of outs her as the the kingpin of Metropolis. Spoilers, but uh, and that's where things are going. And there's a really cool uh, vignette drawn by um, um, Riley Rossimo with the the Toy Man, and so this Toy Man sort of gets. Uh, inducted to be use his tech for the purposes of good. So and then the, the whole toy man story, which it was a fun one just because I like the art, was like, so the toy man sees who Superman really is. And it's like, oh, snap. Like, I, all this time I thought he was just some, like, lawyer than that alien guy, but he's really just someone who was just trying to be a dude. And then so that sort of is a wake-up call to the toy man who turns himself in and then in turn gets um, recruited by... One of the, I don't know, is this che- I think it's Checkmate? I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah, Checkmate. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Checkmate seems to be what was coming out of um, yeah. all the Leviathan stuff. Yeah, they're like the, the, the shield, mm-hmm. it looks like, of the DC universe. And uh, it's got funny little vignettes from the, the, the Jimmy Olsen team. 
there's one little vignette where it's like Lex Luthor has like a hundred voicemails on his answering machine and it's all the Joker just laughing at him <laughs> about his part being Superman. And there's one, it, there's a one pager, it's just nine panels of Steve Lombard's reaction to it. And uh, Steve Lombard is like that uh, uh, meathead sports editor guy for the yeah. Daily Planet. Yeah. Um, it's a bit with Mongol. I guess Mongol is a family name, and so Mongol had a son also <laughs> named Mongol. And this Mongol killed that Mongol and is the new Mongol. Go figure. Hmm. All right, then. And I don't know where, if you're reading, I don't know if this is the Mong, I'm saying Mongol a lot. Um, <laughs> is this in Superman, or if this is a different Mongol? Because then there's also a story with the, uh, the Supergirl who laughs, but those issues of Supergirl have already come out. So it's like, see Supergirl 37 for what happens next. It's like, I saw that like a month ago. Like, uh, I knew what happened. It's one of those deals. But, but like I said, unlike the heroes, this one actually does something to advance the narrative. And it sort of just sets up what's to come. Or in the case of the Supergirl story, what's already come. But whatever, I understand. <laughs> forgive me as far as that's concerned as far as that one's concerned but I was like yeah I, I know what happens <laughs> like that's cool like this was a prequel to those issues that came out like I mean that's already like 38 came out before Superman villains and you're telling me to go read 37 <laughs> like I'm ahead of you I'm a faithful customer but uh but no like I said if, so uh, if, if you were curious Dan I, I would say this one is, is worth checking out okay Heroes was kind of just a cash grab. Yeah, Heroes was. Yeah, I, I think this sounds like what, what I expected Heroes to be. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. So I maybe I'll have to go back and and grab that one. Mm-hmm. If you like, I can give another quick hit on the world of Superman. Sure. Yeah. Um, read Batman Superman number seven, written by Josh Williamson and drawn by Nick Darrington. And this is kind of this is a fun one. It's a little grim. Dan, you may remember that in the Rogozar storyline, Rogozar smashed Argo City. Yes. Well, in this issue, and this is sort of like fun, almost silver agey tropes. Uh, General Zod takes the remains of Argo City and dunks it in a Lazarus pit. <laughs> Whoa, boy! So, and, and so very much the. The paths of uh, Ra's al Ghul cross with Batman and Superman while they're tracking down which Lazarus pit General Zod is dunking Argo City in. And it ends with them finding the pit, and Zod has already dunked it, and it ends with a bunch of, like... Now, I'm, I'm applying my Arrowverse theory of uh, Lazarus pits to this, mm-hmm. and, it, and it appears they are, too. So it ends with like a bunch of little Kryptonians <laughs> rising out of a Lazarus pit, all pissed off, and and getting ready to fight Superman, Batman, and Ra's al Ghul, who has a, a synthetic Kryptonite katana. So it's wow. Yeah, like the only thing missing is like the little checkered banner along the top of the cover. <laughs> I was gonna say that's yeah, that there's a lot to, that's packed in there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, and then it's Nick Darrington art, which is always good times. So, mm. so yeah, that, that was my quick hit review. Yeah, I think that is kind of something that they, where they, um, the the Lazarus Pit, whenever it brings someone back, it brings them back a little, like, they're kind of mad, basically, like, in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So now you have a, a city of tiny Kryptonians that have been dunked. <laughs> and they're all Jeez. insane. Yeah. Right. And they're all tiny. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I yeah, cause that, that, yeah, that was like the the city that was miniaturized. Yep. 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 Tiny and cranky. <laughs> yeah. Like a toddler. Yep. There you go. Well, the, the uh, and the, the final page is his next issue, Death by Swarm. <laughs> and, and the little little. Uh, did I say Argo City? It's Candor. I'm sorry. Oh, right, my, right, right, right. I got my Kryptonian. So it's a bunch of little Candor. Bottle candy- City of Candor. Yeah, Bottle City of Candor. 
a bunch of tiny Kandorians flying at our heroes. And Superman it has this stunned look on his face. Hold up. For you folks to see. <laughs> he is he is stunned. <laughs> it, it'd be great if like Batman brought out like a bug zapper or something and just, you know just took them all out. Yeah. No, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's a little grim in its in its subject matter, but still a fun it's one when they take like these zany conventions of these stories and then just mash them all up together. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess uh I'll go next. Um Sure, yeah. This is this is one that I kind of picked up on a whim. I, I don't even know why, but I, I think because <laughs> I I think individually I like the characters, even though I, I, I'm not I was like last year I went back and tried rereading the original source material of Force Works, and um, <clears throat> it's it, it's challenging to say the least to go back and reread that stuff. Even though that was done by uh, uh, written by Abnett and Lanning, which uh, I think that must have been some of their, I'm assuming some of their first professional comics mm-hmm. Um But there's a ForceWorks 2020 number one of three that came out um, that uh, starring uh, War Machine, U.S. Agent, uh, Mockingbird, and Quake. And... Yeah, I wasn't really sure. I, again, I, I have no logical reason why I bought this. Uh, um, this the 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 cover was very striking. Um, it and it looked just like. I, I think to me this is going to be like. My like the equivalent of the comic book equivalent of like a like a, just a fun action popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. And. And it was basically that. I mean, there was a little bit more to it than that, but, you know, we've got these. Uh, characters that, well, I guess there there already was a ForceWorks team that existed when this book started, and it was uh, War Machine, Solo, if you guys remember Solo, mm-hmm. and uh, a, someone named Gauntlet, which I'm not sure if he was. Oh, he's he's a Dan Slott character from um, Avengers Initiative. Okay. From like way back when, he's oh. sort of popping up here and there in Iron Iron oh, Man. Lately. Was he like the drill sergeant or something? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So so the three of them, it's that that's the, the book starts out with the three of them. They're on a mission. Things go sideways. Gauntlet gets hospitalized. Solo is like, this is you're a terrible team leader. This is a terrible team to be on. My, <laughs> my name is Solo. I'm not even sure why I'm on a team. <laughs> They they don't actually say that, but they they kind of allude to that. Like, yeah, his he's a he's a mercenary. His name is Solo. What the hell is yeah. he doing on a team? Um, so, uh, Force Works basically is over. But then Maria Hill comes up and says, "Who? I guess she's in charge of it." Force Works um, basically says, uh, "I need you to put together another team. There's some something going on at this uh, little fictional island country." And I need you to figure it out, blah blah blah. So it's um it's War Machine, like I said, Quake, US Agent, and uh Mockingbird. Um all these characters which like they're all basically like like C list characters, but put them all together and I don't know why. I just find it I, I find a book of like characters I don't care about, something I care about. If that makes any sense. You know. Mm-hmm. Nope. So, yeah. um, so this was uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, the art with that, that I really liked was um, uh, Juan and uh, Ramirez, um, and colorist Federico Blee, and uh, they're a good team. I mean, the the, the the art was very, very action packed, very striking. I kind of like um, how this guy draws War Machine. He's very I mean, he still has all his weapons, but somehow he draws him. The way he draws him, he looks just like not as bulky. He's it's like a sleeker, uh, trimmed down war machine, and I really dig it. I don't know. It's uh, it's just a three issue series, so I'll probably keep uh, checking it out. Um, the one thing I didn't realize until I got to the end was 
there's a whole ForceWorks 2020 checklist that started okay. with, with Iron Man 2020, which is the the Arno Stark character mm-hmm. that goes through, and there's so it goes through, and all these have 2020 after their name, except for it somehow ties in with Wolverine too. So it goes through Iron Man 2020, Machine Man, uh, ForceWorks. Uh, there's a, a rescue book, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, a book called Iron Age, Iron Heart, uh, and like, like I said, it w- ties into the new Wolverine book, and then it ends like w- with Iron Man. So I, I, I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know if it's supposed <laughs> to be some sort of like ForceWorks event. Maybe it's- yeah, is it actually tied to the Force Works itself and not just the 2020 book? Well, I guess yeah, I guess it must be just everything 2020. Yeah, but there's a there's like I said, there's a checklist, and so I don't know how all this stuff ties into to uh, the the other books. Like, I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything mm-hmm. by, by reading this, even though it's like a quarter of the way through the checklist. Yeah. Um, you know, there were three books before it. Um, but like I said, I mean, you could just pick this up and read it, and it didn't feel like, you know, didn't, there was something that said, oh, read Iron Man 2020 number one before you read this. Mm-hmm. Um, just one of those weird books that, I, like I said, I picked up on a whim, and it actually paid off, so. Those are, those are what a lot of the good stuff spins out of, too, is the weird team books that are formed around an event. Mm-hmm. Um, just weird stuff like uh, Agents of Atlas. I think spun out of Dark Avengers, Dark Dark Rain. Yes, something like that. So, like some, so you know, things like that. And then it was like, oh wow, this is a this is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. And then they stuck around with a bunch of different limited series. So we, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more Force Works stuff in the future after this. Yeah, and, it, and I think also because it's it, it is it, it does have a t- like a weird. Tied to that not great Force Works book mm-hmm. from back in the day, it's got that like weird nostalgia. I'm like, oh yeah, that old Force Works kind of sucked, but it was still I still kind of read it, and I I kind of hate read it, but mm-hmm. I still read it. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I said, it's it's it was fun enough. If uh, if you're you know if you ever have a slow week and you want to. Just check out kind of this uh, great action book with some recognizable characters. Uh, you know, you might find some uh, find some value in it. That's always yeah. I mean, that's always a plus. Uh, I recently picked up uh, Spider-Man Noir, uh, kind of for the same nostalgia feeling for the the old limited series of Spider-Man Noir. Uh, and it's let's see who's doing this. It's uh, Margaret Stahl. And uh, Juan Ferreira. Um, it was interesting because it kind of felt like I missed something in between. It was probably tied to the many millions of uh, Spider-Verse crossovers that occurred. Uh, because it, while I was reading this, I thought it was different from what I remembered from the old series. But apparently it wasn't. Uh, but it's it's cool. It's uh, The art's fantastic. It's very... It, it, it evokes that whole... Um, uh, the shadow, basically, uh, the the general gist of a, a badass guy in a cool mask and hat and cloak and all that and shooting people up and uh, you know he's not your your traditional Spider-Man. Uh, in this, uh, I feel as if in the original series he was a reporter still, but I now think he, so. he might have graduated to a private detective now at this point because mm. in this he's he's a private detective and um. It, it's just a, a murder mystery kind of vibe. It, it, it plays into all the all the tropes. Um, in fact, I just noticed on this panel he's eating a hard boiled egg. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. That that's uh, that's so great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's just investigating a murder. Somebody, one of the the people at the the, the Black Cat Club got uh, huh. got offed, um, and he's. Uh, you know, checking it out, doing some research at the library, following some shadowy figures, um, just all, all the tropes. Um, and it's 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 kind of interesting because it's also happening more around the uh, the World War II era now. 
uh, where you know shit's starting to get real on the American side of things mm-hmm. and their and America's involvement and fears and stuff. So it, it, it plays with some interesting concepts there too. Um, you can definitely uh, see that he's torn between the desire to keep his country safe. Because uh, I guess in a previous story, maybe it was Spider Verse. They 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 got on a blimp and beat the shit out of some Nazis, as as you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, punch the Nazis. <laughs> Absolutely. Basically, um, and so he he's torn between his his private detective duties and his his duties to keep his city safe from Nazis, basically. Uh, so that was kind of an interesting element to it, um, and I I wouldn't have expected margaret stoll to be uh, a big noir buff but she is and uh it, it really shows because i think i might be wrong i think she wrote batwoman i think maybe even the batwoman that you're reading currently i have no idea have no idea that's okay um because uh, and i think she also did some captain marvel here and there so she she's kind of all over the place but i wouldn't have pegged her for like a, a noir buff but uh apparently she is and it, it definitely shows So I would definitely recommend that to anybody who who liked the character previously, who had a passing interest in the character because of Spider Verse or you know anything really. It's yeah, it, 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 it's as it says on the label. You're gonna get what you you expect from it. Okay. I never actually I don't know why I, I I never actually read any of the Marvel Noir anything. Oh um. um they were they were hit and miss, but Spider Man definitely was the one that stood out. Mm-hmm, okay. For sure. Um, X Men was also good, but I think Spider Man was definitely the one that I was like, "Wow, this is this is something special." Okay. All right, I'll have to go back and look for. Uh, the, yeah, they they're probably on Marvel Unlimited. I'll have to find. Oh, them. I'm sure. Yeah, they did two limited runs um, of it, but then the same year, I think. Um, and that was like then the then the noir line basically ended. Um, okay. So, uh, anyway, that's this will be my quick hit uh, since we're on the noir talk, um, which I actually thought Fantastic Four Grim Noir was part of the lineup, like brought back, but it was actually uh, just a present day noir story with, uh, you know, the thing. Hmm. Uh, it was interesting. He was it, it, he was dealing with. Um, uh, their neighbor, like across the street, I guess, got murdered, and he he went to sort of scope things out and see what happened. Um, and it, it it delves into some cool pulpy, um, mystical elements, which wasn't exactly what I expected. But uh, yeah, that was. I, I don't want to get too into it, but if you if you want a good little short thing story, uh, definitely check out Fantastic Four Grim Noir. Uh, that's uh, I think it was uh, Jerry Dugan. And, uh, what's their name? Uh, oh, and Ron Garney were both the writers on this. Oh, okay. Um, or, well, they list them as storytellers, so I don't know if that means they shared art duties or, you know, how they want to break that up. But, yeah, um, they were both involved in the creation of this little one-shot tale, and it's, it's worth checking out. Okay. All right, yeah, I got some... Got some noir reading to do, I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I guess I guess one of the last things uh, I wanted to talk about, and I think Link, I think you said you read this too, was yes, yeah, uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunters number one. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I I guess I I wanted to like this more than I did. I mean, it wasn't bad, but. Um, I think there's a lot. There's a lot set up. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot going on, and and they they set up. I feel like they set up like three or four different storylines <laughs> yes. in this first issue, plus a flashback to show like how the main character like lost half his face, and what is he like? What he's yeah. Well, he from what so in the backup or not the backup, but the little blurb at the end of the book, they mentioned that he he was a pre. Uh, continuity character, I guess that he he's been in a few other books that have been coming out, like a the 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 Han Solo like cadet book, where I okay. guess he was when he was still like enlisted with the Empire or whatever, mm-hmm. um, like in the very early days of the uh, the Solo film. Okay. Uh, 
And apparently he's like, he's an ex-stormtrooper turned like cyborg. Just but he also I guess existed pre-Disney in like the old Star Wars books. Okay. Like the old Star Wars Marvel stuff. Uh but yeah, beyond answering your question, I don't know exactly what he is, but he's some kind of a cyborg who who has like four, pre- previous empire ties, I guess. Okay. Um Yeah, I I guess this is probably one of the like a rare instance where um, I don't have anything against Boba Fett, but I thought, I guess because I I thought that like the the Mandalorian was so much fun and it was so well yes so well told and we got introduced to this whole all these new characters. That's kind of what I was looking to, looking for. Like I thought it was going to be a new cast of characters, and, and instead it's like oh it's Boba Fett and Bosk and. And some new guy, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then there's the the person they're hunting, who seems to be the most interesting of them all, in my opinion. The 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 I don't even remember her name now, but the the tentacle face chick. Oh. She, like the one that was like in the mission that they're all hunting. I was like, oh, that was a cool character design, and she looked interesting. Well, that's the thing. I I kind of lost the thread of of what was going on. <laughs> like, I think I have to oh, yeah. sit down and reread it. Um, I just kind of, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I just kind of lost track of, of the story. Um, just because it, it, it moved in so many different directions. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I think, I think the gist, gist of the story was like all these people were on a, on a mission back in the day. Um, maybe let, let's just say it was like at the beginning of the second star Wars film. Um, or episode five, or whatever you want to call it, um, and 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 shit goes sideways. The the target that they were there to kill um, was apparently it was much like a Mandalorian situation where they're like, no, we're not killing this person or thing or whatever. And so the one of their bount- the, the leader of their bounty hunter crew um, off the client, and then who knows what happens after that? Like it just sort of cuts away, and it's like, well. Okay, and now they're all living their their post um, episode or episode five lives, and uh, you know there there's now a uh, uh, what you might call it a, a disc or whatever out on a puck. That's what they're called, mm-hmm. a puck out on on her, and so now they're just gathering the crew again to uh, to hunt her down, or maybe not even getting a crew together, but they're all separately, yeah. you know, ready to get their vengeance on this person. That screwed them over in the past, and that's kind of the extent of the story. And it, like everything else, is just like these weird vignettes that are like, "Well, here's what Boba Fett was up to. Here's what Bosk was up to. Um, here's a special cameo by Doctor Afra." Right, yeah, <laughs> like there's a lot. There's a lot spinning. You're right. Um, so, so let me ask you, since, since you mentioned it, because I, I think this was part of what confused me. So in in the beginning, when they Whatever they they blew open the store and they found what they were supposed to they were hunting for and they decided they said no we can't did we actually see what it was we, we did not it was it was somebody rec- said a name that was like the name of the bounty or the client and then the client was supposed to kill them maybe I, I, who knows maybe it was a kid maybe it was like what whatever but okay. Um, so, the yeah. leaders had a problem with that and shot the client. Basically, it was like, "No, we can't do this." Okay, I think there there might have also been like kind of a storytelling fail on the uh, on the. I don't know if it was like whoever plotted it, if it was the artist, if it was the writer, or if it was the the art itself. But I feel like there were a lot of things that were not conveyed strongly. Yes, you know what I mean. Like just things that just were not clear from the from the the art pers- perspective or the storytelling perspective just um and, and I didn't like I didn't not like the art style but mm-hmm. I, you know I'm wondering if just this person just doesn't have as much experience in uh you know storytelling yeah no that's fair um and then it, it's also like yeah I mean maybe maybe some of the the elements of mystery they were trying to set up kind of, you know, prevented them. Like, whatever that target is, like, we're clearly not supposed to know, and that's part of the 
the oh why did she betray her team Mm -hmm. um but yeah you're right like in terms of the 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 art it's sort of like you have no context you're just you're not like wait what and then you're juggling a bunch of star wars names at the same time so it's hard to keep track of who's who and what what people's names are yeah Um, and there are at least i would say what eight to ten characters in this book yes maybe um Um, and and then there's some guy who i guess died whose twin is now also looking for vengeance and they both have similar names (laughs) yeah i had to double check i was like wait is this the same character are they did they like transition or no they're just twins there's a brother and sister that have the exact same name basically yeah um and yeah so yeah there's like i said there's so many plates spinning and and you're on four different planets throughout the course of this Mm -hmm. thing and then two different time frames and the art doesn't differentiate like there's no like flashback flash forward change in art style or anything so yeah it's it's hard yeah there's 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 no real yeah, like I said, like the, the the characters don't look very different from the, the previous mission than they do the, the current day. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure like not everybody changes dramatically, but you know there are probably certain things you could do to differentiate between you know periods of time. Yeah, um, and I thought it was. It's interesting that this is going to be one of the... Well, I guess a lot of these are going to be this, but it's interesting to see a story that's sort of like, oh, this is just what Boa Fett's up to after he, you know, put Han in Carbonite. Like, his... He's so overrated. <laughs> it's just like, he's just, you know, out well, there making a name for himself or getting revenge. Well, plus, it's it's. I feel like it's hard It's hard to get back on the Boa Fett bandwagon after we've really the Mandalorian. Well, even he, that, that twist, I'm like, oh, it's like the Mandalorian. Like... Mm-hmm. They, you know, they didn't kill the the target. It seems like we did the story, I guess. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. No, I was. Yeah, I was definitely. Yeah, this really wasn't what I was looking for. I don't. I don't even know if I would go for a, a, another issue because I feel like it's just going to be kind of more of the same. Mm-hmm. So what I did read, and maybe maybe this is their plan with this book, assuming it's not canceled. Uh, in the back, it sounded like the Bounty Hunters book was supposed to be different tales of different Bounty Hunters over the course of, like, some arcs. So maybe this mm. will be four issues of this, or, or whatever makes the trade paperback, like, five or six, and then, yeah. oh, we'll do some other thing. Or maybe there'll be a one-shot in there. I I don't know. I hope I hope it's more like that, because as, as it's an interesting premise, like, but also... Uh, you're i don't care about a lot of these characters i'm like eh, there's there's cooler newer bounty hunters that they could use right or or just just give us a bosk story yes yeah there have been a hundred boba fett stories like give us bosk like i would i'd much rather see bosk doing his own thing and see what he's like as a character on his own than another freaking boba fett story yeah yeah i I, there's there's no reason to have a boba fett around like it's He's gonna he's gonna overshadow the whole cast. You have this other dude, Valiance or whatever his name is, um, who's supposed to be, I guess, the he's center on the cover, so I assume he's the the lead character. Yeah. Um, but Boba Fett's there, and Bosk is there. Like nobody cares about this dude. <laughs> yeah, like, like we're supposed to we're supposed to believe that he is he's like the, like one of them, like an equal to them. But I mean, not that he couldn't be, but. Like I feel like there was nothing in the book that really uh, conveyed that. Like, yeah. In in the beginning, like when they we see flashback to that first job that they were on, Boba Fett clearly has nothing but disdain for this guy. Yes. Like Boba Fett looks down on this Valance or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, so if that's the case, then we as readers are going to be like, well, well, if Boba Fett thinks he's a douche, then. Like, I don't care. Boba Fett's just like, during that initial mission, he's like, man, I don't even give a shit. I'm just here to, like, shoot stuff up. He literally (laughs) watches the guy, like, burn. Yeah, he's just like, oh, you got shot in the face. Yeah, and Boba Fett's like, uh, like, I don't care. Yeah. Which, Which, in a way, like, yes, that's, I feel like that's very true to their characters. Like, maybe they don't care about each other, but... Also, like when they're on a mission or on a job, like 
maybe you put that aside until after. Right, yeah. Maybe you don't watch your partner, like, burn in front of you <laughs> while you're, in, like, tr- like you know, trying to, you know. Do cool this. stuff with your, yeah. with your zip cords and your jetpacks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Boba Fett's just showing off the whole time. Mm-hmm. He would. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably ride this out or at least give a second issue a shot because... Those first issues are tough when you are assembling a random ragtag team. You spend a good portion of it, you know, mm-hmm. being like, oh, well, why are they all together? Why, you know, here's here's each person that's going to join the team, blah, blah, blah. So I'll, I'll hold out. Ethan Sachs did write um, both the Old Man, uh, Hawkeye, and uh, Star-Lord books that I liked. So oh, I, which I, I do like the writer. I did hear good things about those. Yeah, I mean they're they're both really good reads. Um, he 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 had a lot of fun playing around in that old man Logan universe, and uh, yeah, so I I figure I'd give him give him a fair shake at this. So I think he at least deserves two issues from me. I don't know. Okay, fair enough. But I mean that that yeah, I, everything you, you you said and we said is spot on though. Like it's 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 a rough start. Yeah. I, okay. I would not see that hook a lot of people from the get-go unless they're the big, a huge Boba Fett fan. Right. Like I said, especially coming off something as strong as The Mandalorian, I mean, if, if, if you're trying to hook people with more bounty hunter characters, you know, you, you gotta you got to raise the level of your game. you got to, you know, make it Mandalorian level <laughs> Story, <laughs> yeah. storytelling. Because yes. that's, that's where they set the bar. For this world of, uh, you know, like bounty hunters and low lifes and uh, mm-hmm. mercenaries, like you know, when, when I think of those groups of people, I think of the Mandalorian now. When, with, um, you know, with the Mandalorian and with um, uh, what was uh, was Apollo Creed's <laughs> character? Oh, I, I forget can't. his name. He's just Apollo Creed. Yeah, but just a. Uh, <laughs> Space, space Apollo Creed, yeah, and uh, um, and Cara uh, Dune. Dune. I mean, like these great characters, and and even the um, the group of Mercs that uh, Mandalorian had that that one episode with, where they they went on that prison ship. Oh yeah, yeah, those, those guys. All, yeah, those guys were great characters too. It's like, man, give us more of those guys. Mm-hmm. Or even yeah, they. And they did. They picked like you know Boba Fett and Bosk, who are the two most popular. You would argue mm-hmm. from from the original movies. So everybody's like, "Oh, those guys looked cool." But there's like those other dudes. I don't remember their names because they're not as cool as Boba Fett and Bosk. But mm-hmm. I mean, IG eighty eight's cool, and then you've got Philo, Forlo. I don't know. The, the, and then the Fly Guy and um, the, the regular human looking dude with the uh, head wrap, like Den- Den- Dengar. Dengar, yeah. You know they're not as elevated, and they could probably have more interesting stories to offer because they aren't these mm-hmm. like iconic. Well, they, they um, never they've never they got a chance to shine. Yeah, and they won't overshadow your main lead. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. The interesting choices were being made, yeah. probably editorial, not not so much writer. I bet mm-hmm. I'm sure they were like, yeah, use these guys. Yeah. These were the top two action figures from the group of, of from, from those characters. Fly guy and regular dude head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, those ones weren't sh- flying off the shelves. I like those names more. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I just like hurt um, Scott's heart if he listens to this episode. Yeah, I would say this is definitely probably a, a, a conversation Scott would need to be in on. To uh, to educate us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, does anyone have anything else? I think we uh, we ran through quite a quite a few books. Yeah, no, I think we're good on our end. All good here. All right. Is Kate still there, or is she is she wrangling kitties? She's wrangling cats, but she's 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 back. Okay, for that's a second. Cool. Just curious. She got tired of listening. She's like, I can just listen to him talk about <laughs> Star yeah, Wars anytime. Nerds. Yeah. She's like, stupid Star Wars. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess. Stupid cats. 
uh, I guess we can we can wrap this episode up. Um, unless, uh, yeah, no one has anything else to uh, nah. say. Uh, Jared, you're still working on seven by seven comics, I assume. Yes, sir. Seven by seven, still running strong. Um, new season will be coming up in April. Cool. And, uh, I've, uh, you saw it's done. I'm, I'm ahead. I'm ahead of the curve. So nice. unfortunately, I'm in a good spot. And uh, same yeah. same group of artists. No uh, no changes to the to the to the crew. Correct. Correct. The same roster going into season four. Okay. Seven by seven. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, um, then we will close this episode out. This has been episode 345 of the Comic Book Pit podcast. Man, getting close to 350. I didn't realize we were right? that close. Wow. Yeah, I'm burning Great. through it. Yeah. Um, I've been your host, Dan, and with me, uh, not in person, but definitely in spirit, we've got Jared. See ya. Kate. Bye. And Link. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. And wash your hands. That's right. (laughs) Share your toilet paper.